0: This is Pop Fiction Women. I'm Corinne. I'm Kate. And
1: we're complicated. Blunt. Total boss. But sometimes a mess. Opinionated. But never boring. And in this podcast, we're discussing the complicated women of the best books, TV, and movies. Along with the complicated women behind the scenes.
0: Warning, lots of spoilers ahead. So come back when you're done. Hurry up, it's starting. People are going to start to think we're shills for HBO Max, and uh, we're not. <laughs> right? You know,
1: I thought about that the other day. <laughs> Did you see when I posted something for HBO Max and, and someone commented, oh God, does this mean I have to subscribe to HBO Max? And I wanted to be like, why have you not yet subscribed to HBO Max? Do you know how many of the things we've done are HBO Max? <laughs>
0: what are like, you waiting for? HBO yeah. Max is is crushing it so I don't that was how I ended up absolving myself really especially are. for their target audience who I think is pretty much us
1: which is us They're just, yeah
0: they are killing it so yes. it's not us it's them and it's good it's a good thing. yeah exactly so today exactly. we're talking about hacks which I was pretty reluctant to watch I you know me the contrarian I If everybody's talking about something and everybody loves it, I don't want to have any part of it. And it had gotten to that point for me with hacks. I just heard everybody. And it was like in every silly circle, like the people I pay attention to on Instagram and then friends and moms. And it was like all, everybody was talking about it. And I was like, the more people talk about it, the more I'm not interested. And then you did it. You got me. You were like, I watched two episodes. This is a go. And I'm like, all right, okay, you're like, I'm gonna fine. do it. Yeah. yeah, well, it was really but,
1: also because of our interview with Miranda at the end when we ask authors, yes. you know, what are you into? And she yes. said it, and we were both like, oh, almost like like you're saying, like oh, not okay. hacks, okay, right. fine <laughs> hacks. But right? something about that, I guess, that night, the everything you lined it. up for me, and I went, well, let me just see what everyone's talking about. Yeah, and then I watched too, and, and you're right, I said to you, we got to do it. Yeah, for me, it was you. Then I posted about it and the world erupted in response, right? It's I mean, true. It's absolutely I really true. Did. Yeah, and
0: but so this is one of those I feel very silly for having resisted it at all. It was just
1: absolutely wonderful, this show. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I agree. I watched yeah. it twice, just so you know, I haven't told you that. I've watched it through twice.
0: <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. It is so <laughs> special. No, it's so it's yeah. so special. It's so good. I watched a few episodes multiple times right. and I could absolutely see myself putting it on again. It is so delightful in and such strange ways. It, and the, it's
1: so quick witted that there are lines mm. you miss because everything yeah. is oh, so sharp please. and fast and the way they <sighs> rapid fire that the second time through I was laughing at new things. Because I was like, oh shit, I so, missed that the
0: first time. That is so true. I watched three episodes twice and and I had that exact experience. Yes. So we are going to talk about Ava and Deborah Vance, Jean Smart, mm-hmm. who's just—I mean, I can't. We can't oh, even. I mean, go. Off someone
1: I read. Someone's calling it. A, she's having a smart smartassance. She's got a oh. name now. The Jean smart <laughs> Smartassance. The Renaissance of Jean Smart at this age and at this point in her career. And in so she was just in town as you said, and and in this but she is having a moment and it is yeah. so well deserved when you watch this this is she's the star here you know oh I mean, wow
0: she is the star and she outshines all other stars suddenly i'm voracious for gene smart i want everything i give yeah. me all. i want that media room of her archives i want all yes. of that
1: <laughs> yes. I used to watch I'm- Designing Women. I'm not kidding, back in the day. Oh. And now I'm like, like I mean, I barely remember it, but I do She's it fantastic. All. I think all the yeah. awards. I hope so. God damn. And she's just
0: so good. She really is. And it, she's just outshining even herself. I don't even understand what it is, but she is just winning hearts and minds and hours of people's lives in this yes. show. Incredible. I mean,
1: and then how about Hannah Einbinder, who's never acted a day in her life, has to go against, or, you know, yeah. not against, but, right. you know. Well, she is against, going toe-to-toe. She to toe. is toe-to-toe, to yeah. toe, right? Mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. The
0: good thing is she isn't expected to be yes. a, at Jean Smart's level, and that, that works for her, but, but for she holds part. her own. Yeah. Yes. And she holds her own in a way that is surprising. Yeah. So- Ava and Deborah are our two complicated women. And these are two complicated women like I think we've never seen before. They are ambitious, entitled, brilliant, isolated, damaged, but also somehow endearing. But what is really noteworthy to me is that they aren't opposites. Mm. Usually when two women hold co-lead... I mean I don't know if it's quite co-lead but when they hold these positions against each other it's usually to draw out opposites. We saw it in Jen and Judy from Dead to yes. Me. I mean it's something that goes back as old as the odd couple, right? Yeah. Is that is a well-worn trope and it's incredible that they are not opposite. They're actually essentially the same person but multiple generations apart and that gives them each different not only life experience, but different obstacles to contend with at their
1: times, and that was yes. really, really yeah. fascinating to me. I'm going to talk about that in one of my segments. I okay. I, I get into that heart. Yeah, the, I'm excited. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah, good. Okay, but and even though I personally loved Deborah Vance, which tells you more about yes. my family of family of origin than it does about her character I mean these were two characters where there's really not a lot to hold on to to relate to but somehow it's their coming together that inspires like a deep love of even their individual characters then somehow it is only through the two of them that you love each of them and that I've I've really not seen that before either so So, to that end, we don't want to split them up and talk about them individually. We're going to just talk about them through the development of their characters in our scenes, right? In our scenes,
1: yes. Oh, God, it was hard to pick, but we we managed. We managed. I don't, well, we'll see. (laughs) I don't know. We we might be talking about the whole show. (laughs)
0: Right, exactly. I mean, I do think the vast majority of this particular episode will be talking about scenes. I start right off the bat with the best episode of tv that has ever existed episode two it's you're the calling is... this the
1: best episode I am. of tv I am. ever wow I am. okay I, I, okay i
0: don't know if it's i don't know if it's true or not but i'm willing to say it and okay. I'll, i'm willing to think about it and defend it and change my mind if that's not well, true you
1: clearly but think it's the best of this of hacks oh no it's beyond me. best of hacks it's oh. it's up
0: there No, no no it's okay. it's up there all-time best Prim. Yes, prim. I don't even really know where to start, but (laughs) I, I, no, it's so chock full this episode, every bit of it. But I'm going to highlight Kiki, the blackjack dealer, who is amazing, right? I love it. The scene in in the the car. car. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) this is a scene. This is a beautiful, beautiful scene. I was hoping maybe
1: we could reenact it. (laughs) Oh, I'm in. I'm in. Because, like, you could be singing, and then you could get me reluctantly to join in. Yes, I love it. Oh, I love it. Okay, I'm so
0: in. We're doing that. Ava's complaining. Wait, Mm -hmm. first of all, let's back up a second. She gets into her Rolls Royce, (laughs) her third one, because of Deborah. Deborah. Yeah, and in the same episode that we find out that she passes on her luxury cars to Mm -hmm. Kiki... We find out that she sends Ava back into the convenience store for 27 cents change from her fountain coat, right? So <laughs> such a complex character that makes, but also makes sense. It's not a contradiction where you're like, wait, what is she? Is she generous or is she not generous? It's just, it no, it all tracks. It's like, of course the same person would do that. And that's not even, we're not even in the scene yet, <laughs> but she's yeah. setting us up. So Ava's complaining And Kiki interrupts her. It's like, oh, oh, wait, wait. I'm sorry. I have to sing the chorus of the song every time it's on. And the song is "Lose You to Love Me" by Selena Gomez. Selena Gomez, which I love that song in and of itself, right? Too (laughs) love it. So she she starts singing it, and at the end, she says, "I'm gonna play this two more times." And he was like, "Wait a second. This is a playlist. Why did you make (laughs) me stop talking?" and she kiki comes out with her brilliance she's like honey when you're on shuffle any song can play at any moment mm. and it's that randomness it's from that randomness universe. that we can, yes that we can totally receive meaning from the randomness of a shuffle i don't know what this whole thing just appealed to me you know i also listen to music on shuffle i mm-hmm. never play anything straight through i just the whole i love the selena gomez i love the freaking song i didn't even know the the real brilliance of it is at the end i mean there she's actually predicting the end of this show of, of hacks is this is the journey that ava and deborah take they have to hate each other to love themselves.
1: Oh my god, okay.
0: They have like, to where lose are you going with this
1: the song. Okay. Yeah, they
0: have to lose and it's this not just the song in general, it is the words she sings in yeah. the car. So it's like Any they're very specific. I had to lose, lose you, you to find to me. Find me. Mm-hmm. I hate to hate you to love me. I mean, it just it it, it tracks predicts it yes. the whole thing of what happens. And they lose each other at the end they hate each other and then love themselves to have true integrity and loyalty to one another and and in their lives I mean, it's just
1: brilliant it's so good it's, I did not think of the connection to the bigger themes oh wow oh that's good yeah so then this scene just keeps on
0: giving yeah I can't even and it's just the one-liners I she's she's down in the casino right after that she goes in the casino with her laptop Ava does and she's you know, annoying her her neighbor at the slot machine and she's like I'm sorry I can't I can't work in my room my neighbors are having performatively loud sex and the business center is essentially a coke den I mean, are you kidding me? The <laughs> li- those lines are brilliant. Are you kidding me? It's Vegas. Oh my God.
1: I, I, but also, I, even before another Kiki line, sorry, before when she was, yeah. while they're singing in the car, then Ava's complaining basically about, oh, Deborah's like, so, uh, oh, Debra, yes. she does that for you. Mm-hmm. She doesn't, you know, and she's like, Kiki's he, like, Deborah's a hustler like me. And like, then she was talking about how she gives her these old clothes and she like, she's like, listen, the quality is there. And and yeah. she's using it as a bigger metaphor for what Ava yeah. needs to do with Deborah. And she's like, if you can't make it good, then that's on you. She tells Ava, I and I that. loved that. I was like, you tell her, Kiki.
0: Loved it. That's right. Loved it. Mm-hmm. Love Kiki, and yeah. there, we'll come to more more of that stuff later too. Kiki but wisdom. Kiki. <laughs> oh gosh, she's so and also damage and just just pure entertainment, all of it. But then. We're building to the fight in the desert after the flat tire is another one of my real scenes, you know, the meaty scene that I want to talk about. And they had a flat tire. They're on the side of the road. Debra calls for her ride to pick her up. And Mm -hmm. Ava's kind of following her and saying, you're making this really hard for me, Ava says. Mm -hmm. And Debra says, hard. You think this is hard? You don't know what hard is. You got plucked off the internet at what, 20? You just got lucky. And Ava says, I may have been lucky, but I'm also good. Deborah says, well, I should hope so. Good is the minimum. It's the baseline. You have to be so much more than good. And even if you're great and lucky, you Mm -hmm. still have to work really fucking hard. And even that is not enough. You have to scratch and claw and it never fucking ends. It doesn't get any better it just gets harder it's harder so don't yeah. yeah so don't complain to me that i'm making your life hard you don't even know what hard means and then she leaves her with the ruined car and takes off in her helicopter i mean
1: oh that's that this, speech that oh, is i loved that so you don't even good know and what hard is
0: and i don't know it just felt so incredibly fresh J- just the message of it all y- yes good 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 is the minimum, good is the baseline. You have to be great and you have to be lucky and you have to work really hard. It's all the kind of stuff you've maybe heard out of Sheryl Sandberg, but delivered with this passion and this truth. Oh, I, I, that scene just locked me in. I was, I was so incredibly hooked
1: right there. Oh, I yeah. loved it, it was fire. She, she's done all that and she mm-hmm. e- appears to have reached the pinnacle. And it's still not, it's still never enough. It's still fucking hard and she's still fighting even when, you know, she's had the Vegas residency and the name on the street and 25,000 shows or whatever.
0: Yeah. It never ends. Lots of money and uh, plenty of deals and um, endorsements and and all, all, anything that someone would want in her position, she, it's still painful. I don't know why I found that to be incredibly,
1: I don't know, like. It sounds like it was like motivating to you in a way or yes whereas I took it as like oh fuck she's right (laughs) god damn it she's right you know (laughs) you know what I think it's because I'm always looking
0: for validation or like a a nod that when I feel like things are really hard and you know uh, that it's always a struggle that that I'm not doing it wrong I'm not doing it wrong this is Mm -hmm. when you're doing it right this is still how it feels and so no I think that's, that's right that's why it's a it's a consolation to me to hear something like that and that that scene and of course the funny part is and we'll talk about this so many more times but the writers do such a great job of delivering on the cliche but making it original of course I knew she was going to be picked up on a helicopter. I mean, that just seemed, it seemed very obvious from the minute she called on the phone. But I did not see that they would have this real fight and she would tell her. I mean, there's a world in which you don't think Deborah would say those things. She's willing to pay $10,000 for a pepper shaker and she has a helicopter on speed dial. What about her life is hard? What That wouldn't have seemed obvious to me. And then here she goes, giving the speech of it's so fucking hard and it never gets better it only gets harder and I'm like oh god how did you set me up for the cliche and yeah. then crush it <laughs> and so then feel it yeah, yeah. and by the way, if you think the episode is even over, done delivering the most amazing TV you've ever seen. Oh no. Because Ava then has her moment where she goes mm-hmm. back to the antique store <laughs> and she uses Deborah's advice. She says he loves a story. So she walks in and he's like, Oh, what happened to you? And she's like, It's a long story. And you can just see she's channeling like what she's learned already. And cut to he's pouring more whiskey in a tumbler and she's like and I had to leave LA which is the worst thing that's ever happened to me and that's saying a lot because my dad had a stroke on the same day I chipped a veneer I mean this character is so beautifully drawn but also she's a fucking asshole I'm like shut up what are you I know oh so annoying but also so brilliant
1: Mm-hmm. and
0: and then he's feeding into it this the guy at the antique sh- uh, store he's like oh and now your punishment is you have to work for her yeah. you know you poor girl he says then she pulls out kiki's randomness speech which <laughs> I fucking loved. Again, everything she's learned, she's using, she's processing it and and recycling it as her own in like real time. You know, you can see in her mind, I, I've done everything. I gave him a story because he loves a story. I took his side shitting on Deborah, And then she essentially begs him to sell her the pepper shaker mm-hmm. so that she doesn't lose the job that she hates but that she needs. I mean, she's impassioned. She's putting herself on the line. She's appearing vulnerable, whether that's true or not. It doesn't really matter. She's really coming across that way to him and taking his side, all the things she was supposed to do. And he still says no. He says he won't sell it to her. So, so she, she gets, <laughs> But she doesn't right away. She gets up and she's like, you know what? I respect that. And she gets up and she puts her backpack on her shoulder. And then she just grabs the vase.
1: And you're like, yes! (laughs) What are you doing?
0: Yeah, but also, yes, of course. This is what she has been brought to. And she's like, I will do it. I have nothing left to lose. And he says, you think you have nothing in common with Deborah Vance? You're the same. You're both Mm -hmm. psychotic bitches. Which I also thought, I mean, are you fucking kidding me? You are the person who won't do your job, which is to sell something and make money, right? She's not asking for him to give it. Because you're being
1: spiteful, exactly. Yes.
0: You're being a petty, spiteful asshole. She's
1: like, fuck you, Lemony Snicket. Yeah. (laughs) I love that Uh, It's so...
0: (laughs) I mean the whole thing she's holding it over her head and threatening to smash it saying she has nothing to lose I thought that was just exhilarating you know I get a real kick out of someone who's at their lowest point and Mm -hmm. takes their fate into their own hands like in a very extreme way in my opinion this is very Amy Dunn right and then Eva has a very mild version of that she's just gonna break a you know $40,000 base but it's the same thing of like you forced me to get here and now here I am and I will fucking do it don't you test me right then so we cut to she appears on um Deborah's doorstep with the pepper shaker and they have a really sweet moment Deborah says you look like you know you look like shit and she's like yeah I had a hard day and she uses that word hard again hard. calling yeah. back. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and it's not the whiny why are you making this so hard for me she's like you know what I had a hard day and there's just comes across that there's some understanding that some hard days make you stronger and some hard days are unavoidable and some hard days are are worth
1: it and and that and that this really was hard like like you said before when she was like it's hard you were like fuck you but yeah you believe there was truth to this 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 was hard what she had just been through
0: but, but that she had taken something from it. And I feel like Deborah kind yeah. of gets that. And she responds she in kind. Yeah. Yeah. And she responds immediately. She's like, well, you know, because one of her complaints, Ava's complaints, was that she doesn't tell her what she expects of her and what time they're going to be working together. And when they're not working together, like in the middle of working together, she goes and plays blackjack with Kiki. Like, what the hell? And so Deborah responds in kind and says, I can be ready for you early tomorrow. Can we start working at 10 a.m.? And it's just, I mean, the whole the episode is just perfection it's that's all I can
1: say perfection yeah it's yeah. good it's really good yeah. I, yeah. I, I love that that's awesome yeah so we're skipping mm-hmm. from from two to six new eyes which I just love which again the multiple levels
0: of mm-hmm. of meaning I mean mm-hmm. new eyes she's actually going actually. to get her eyes done
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> like plastic, plastic surgery. surgery correct yes
0: <laughs> and then also she changes her perspective on life and yeah or that they so see
1: each other with new yes, eyes yes. by the end of it so i agree with the yeah. double meaning so yes yeah, so she's they're, they're at this plastic surgery place which apparently deborah's a frequent visitor mm-hmm. you know one of these like high-end plastic surgery almost like retreats yes um, retreat yes and well, actually, I wanted to talk about the part where they have sort of their heart to heart when they're on high on edibles. Although, I, I, I even leading up to that, there is I the whole bit about her having left the voicemail on Deborah's phone and trying to figure out her passcode to get it unlocked so that she can delete her angry voicemail where she quits on her and, and she yeah yeah takes you to the west. <laughs> exactly i'm like so i'm leaving out the funny part so i should yes so she can't so figure out good go, and it's kiki's nowhere. idea of course, of course because kiki
0: is the most brilliant character side character we've ever s- encountered in all time right. yes. yes
1: and i was mm-hmm. like that's the dumbest idea i've ever heard that's not gonna work like in my head but of course she goes to the wax museum and is like holding it up to her eyes and like gets it does a split like did you see her dude like yes which yeah. apparently i read was completely improvised by hannah einbinder oh, and they were love like that. both of them they say particularly gene smart like the physical comedy they're like up for anything like gene smart by the way that's her playing that live she just stood there frozen like didn't move oh my god played what? herself as a wax oh. figure Yes, they they like pitched it to her and they were she was like, cool, yeah, I'll do it. And they were like, yeah, I don't know, like, because you really, I mean, it's supposed to be a wax figure, like you really can't move. And she's like, yeah, it's fine, I'll do it. Cool, yeah. And, no. and she did it and she was like, but then Hannah had to go throw in that split and make me stand there even longer. Oh my <laughs> And it's hard God, not to that? laugh too, Yeah, I you know? can't imagine. And she can't blink. She can't blink. That's the oh other thing. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. So That's great. So Hannah, you know, Hannah, God, Ava's feeling good. She's, she's got rid of the voicemail. She's like, okay, you know, and and then they're back and, and she's complaining, Deborah about, about the pain. And she's like, you know, I have these edibles or whatever. So they're both high and they're having sort of some, some bonding moments. And, and Ava tells Deborah about the guy she slept with in uh, that, in that prior episode who killed himself and you know she's like I feel so bad and then of course Debra's like hey eh, look at it this way you don't have to worry about whether he's gonna call or not so there's always <laughs> humor but Ava's like I just think shitty things keep happening to me because I'm a self-centered asshole and it's all karma and I deserve it and Debra's like karma's not real I mean otherwise my ex-husband would have been the one to suffer um and Ava's like well you know you did burn his house down but you got got him back and and just like so casually i mean this is a joke that we've heard since episode one right that's right that's right deborah burned her ex-husband's house down when he dies in episode one you're watching the news the news reports of this famous guy who was her ex-husband dying in that report it mentions how his ex-wife deborah vance burned his house down we've heard this like three times but or four times by now and she just looks at her and goes i didn't burn his house down was a dryer fire and I wasn't even there and Ava's like what What? like she's shocked like that's part of her story and part of her act by the way and and she says why didn't you say something and she's like I did back then but you know Frank that was her ex-husband said I did it and everyone believed him and she says if I was crazy enough to torch the house the guy must have been driven into the arms of my baby sister and so you see, that's the narrative that got told, right? He left. She's just a crazy bitch. She torched down my house and no wonder, you know, that that he left her. And Ava is so pissed. She's like the guy defamed your ass. He sounds like a psycho. Like I want to kill him. And I love that because she's like getting, like so defensive for her. Like, fuck that. Like that's messed up. And Deborah says like he was jealous. You know, he hated that I was going to have a late night show. So he just blew everything up. He made me the crazy woman who burned down the house. And then she says, mm-hmm. my sitcom was canceled. I was broke. She had to start over and everything had been in his name. She didn't read contracts. She was like 20, mid-20s, you know? And yeah. she says, so then one night at a club, I made this little offhand joke about burning down my ex-husband's house and it killed, she says. Mm-hmm. like, And she realized she'd hit a vein. So I leaned in, she said, Even though it wasn't true, hey, you know, might as well make money off it. And then she says the line that I love. She says, I realized people would rather laugh at me than believe me. Hmm. I was like, oh my God. Like, this is what people do to marginalize women. We've tried to call it the crazy bitch, you know. Mm -hmm. And then she, as a woman, thought, well, I'll use it to my advantage. You know, and maybe that's a generational thing, and but for someone like Ava, it's so infuriating. I mean, it's internalized misogyny, and it's just what, like, well, mm-hmm. why'd you do that? You know, but for Deborah, she's like, mm, listen, you know, yeah, it sucked, and I fought it at the time, but what could I do? So I leaned in yeah. and I used it to my advantage. Yeah, um, that's a, a,
0: where we highlight a difference that yeah. is purely generational. It's generational. not even. Right? It's not even a difference in their personalities or how they might have handled something. It is just generational because they are like the same person. But yeah, yeah. Yes,
1: exactly. And, you know, then they keep talking on the couch. And even though you've now just learned this, like, she's not, Deborah's not really angry about her husband or about what he did. Deborah gets like really soft and kind and she says he was, you know, for a little while. He made me laugh. We made each other funnier. You know, it was his idea to do their stage show that then got them the TV show. And she says, like, it was amazing until it wasn't. Mm -hmm. And Ava's like, "Ah, listen, you have to talk about this in your act. Like, this is the turning point for them Mm -hmm. where Ava says, like, you don't have this shit is insane. She says, and no one knows it, you know, and and she's like, no one wants to hear about this. Like, why would I want to? talk about this and she's like cuz it's the truth and it might be mm. nice to finally fucking say it. Yeah. And she really pushes on Deborah there. Mm. And and Deborah's like it's not funny. And this line Ava says you can make it funny. You can make anything funny. And mm. that really like really breaks something in Deborah. Like she like looks away and there's like a little mm-hmm. tear in her eye and mm-hmm that's when I'm like oh Jesus like Jean Smart right there like give her no. the Emmy. like like yeah like just this please. slight turn and this mm-hmm. little tear like nothing too out of character for no. her but it hits no. this emotional nerve mm-hmm. and oh my gosh and 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 again that's also a generational thing like you know Ava's like you know you don't have to make yourself small to make them laugh like you can punch back like and right. it's where it, it doesn't Convinced Deborah yet in that moment? But it's the first spot where she finally, I think, starts thinking like, hmm, you know, like, yeah. and I love that I it's going to take hate a little you while. to love me. Yes, yes <laughs> you're absolutely right. But I just, mm-hmm. I love, I just thought this one is a real turning point. I felt like for them, and yeah. the first time we really see this side of of Deborah, and you know. I love Miranda Priestly. You know, we loved her in Devil Wears Prada, and there was just that one moment where mm, she shows yeah, a little room. vulnerability mm-hmm. in the hotel room. And I think we both said we would have liked, I, or I know I did. I, I would have liked like a little more of that, just to wrap for complexity. I, what I love about Deborah is you do you get a you get a lot of these moments without mm. feeling like it's. I don't know, like inconsistent with her character. It, it yeah. just really rounds out yeah. the complexity.
0: You're right. There are moments that are sprinkled throughout as opposed to, you know, one scene that, that becomes the turning yeah. point like it does in, in Devil Wars Prada. But they, these are just little moments sprinkled throughout.
1: Uh, yeah. That make her human. They're not heavy-handed. They're not like, oh, now she's no. going to show her vulnerability. No. You know, they just crack in and out i
0: don't know why that just made me think of an episode two i i forgot to add this in too. one of my favorite scenes has no dialogue that's probably why i didn't mention it no dialogue no lessons no anything it is just brilliant jean smart trying to get her own fountain coke in her house oh and the co2 is out she it's opens the up the the cabinet mm-hmm. josephine is like oh i'll get it and she's like no 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 i got it and she's ignoring ava she like puts her foot on the thing pulls up the canister goes gets mm-hmm. a new one. opens i mean the whole thing follows her for so long and it is so captivating to just watch yes. her changing her co2
1: in and it says so home. much about her without yes. saying anything It's a brilliant scene.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. And
1: somehow it does portray some
0: sort of vulnerability somehow. I don't even know what it all means, but it just did. It worked. And it didn't seem just like, oh, this is her doing a thing for herself because that's not surprising but it just I don't know the whole thing well was it also so...
1: did like by that point you know they had sort of set her up as the diva I mean right in the yes so you're right and the, and the license plate says diva literally and all this but she's also like she's not your stereotypical diva who's like rude to the hell and right. can't do something herself and whatever she sort yes. of looks at Josephine she's like yeah I got this you know? No. And then yeah, she's like she's you're doing all, something. It, I'm doing something. Yeah, right. but it also shows a little bit with her and Ava, like yeah, you'll wait for me. Like
0: oh, I'm absolutely. It, yeah, you're I'm right. Doing. It 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 at one time brings her down to earth and also is a power play. How yes. do you do two things like that at the same time? It's so so good. So smart. I forgot to also say one little moment also that has the same. Wait, as these little moments that you're talking about is the very end of episode four when it's the split screen where they're on the phone watching the Harry
1: met Sally moment. It's like Harry met Sally.
0: It is. It is like that, and also not at all because she's being like rude to her. How do you not know? Of course, the guest is always the killer, the guest uh, star, and they're watching SVU, and it's so not romantic or sweet in any way but yet it is it It is is. a moment yeah it's like a real intimate moment somehow
1: right and that's actually really like one of the first ones even before sex yeah that is where you see absolutely absolutely some bonding yeah
0: yeah Yeah. so episode nine
1: yeah nine the interview Mm, Mm. yeah I love this interview yeah so much. So that's the there's part so I wanted to talk. There is. There's so well, which much. Which one? There. Which
0: interview? Because they both have uh,
1: interview. Yes. Okay. So I'm talking about Deborah's interview with the reporter. Yes, of Because that's, that's the emotional point. one.
0: Yeah. Because on the, the surface, one. on on the surface, the whole episode is about Ava taking an interview for a new job. Oh
1: so my So that's
0: yeah. That's yeah. really
1: the interview, but it's the interview with. But the the, the,
0: mm-hmm, the yeah, and yeah. that's the emo. That's the emotional heft of this episode I agree yeah
1: to my last point I guess I really like these moments where she's being vulnerable and we're sort of seeing mm-hmm. the this, this other side of her yeah so, but before we get to Deborah, yeah you gotta
0: talk I have to point out how good the moment is when Ava gets back to LA after being in <laughs> Vegas for so long oh my god so yes I I <laughs> am a New Yorker I really truly am but I've also been always been drawn to LA in some strange way and I've lived there twice for two periods of time in my life you know for a few years so extended period but and every time I would come back to LA from New York and especially because I'd usually come home for like a holiday or so it was like January it's disgusting in New York and you go back to LA and you're like (gasps) oh, everything here is so pretty, and everyone has such style, and oh, yes, of course I'll pay $14 for this little (laughs) shot of juice. This is what L.A. is, and I love it. And it is so vapid and terrible, but I always had a moment where I came when I came back to L. A. from New
1: York. So you related to Ava.
0: Oh my gosh, this it was so true. I loved it, and she's like, you know, you don't even know who's Haim and who's just three people walking. And the hostess says, "Well, Haim's on tour," and she's like, "I love that you know that." And that that, the whole thing just summed up L. A. again cliche but so fresh i don't know how they do both i don't know how they how they capitalize on the oldest cliches of la and then somehow make them feel completely new and original it's so good so good she orders the-
1: machja something so- yes. whatever it's so yeah. but go ahead deborah yes yeah. she sits down with this reporter and and at this point she has decided for her last show to do this sort of new material that yes that and she, she, a, Ava had pushed her to do in back in episode six and she's doing press right yeah she's doing press for it so the guy's like what can we expect and she looks a little uncomfortable talking about it like that de- not totally. not typical Deborah she's like oh it's gonna be a, like something you've never seen before a new tone and she's she's distracted you can tell and then she stops herself and she says you know you asked me a question the other day or you know previously when my husband months ago when when frank yeah and i said no comment and you know so i wanted to answer you now and he's like actually what you did was make fun of my (laughs) (laughs) dandruff and and what are you saying so let's just not go back there like basically you mocked me lady but okay she's like well I want to answer now and she said a lot of people think Frank started my career he didn't but we did start our careers together and it was a dream and I should just say again like when she's doing this talking about Frank it's always very like I said, it's it's very kind. It feels very, mm-hmm. there's genuine love there, which I love. I, she's not, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of bitterness when she talks mm-hmm. about him, but despite, you know, what happened. There's so not a lot
0: would, of bitterness when she talks about him honestly, as opposed to her, yes, you know, stand up routine.
1: Exactly. Shtick. Thank you. Yes. Exactly. So she says, and it was a dream. When you share a sense of humor with someone, it's like finding someone who speaks your own private little language. You make each other better. But his ambition got in the way and he left me. And I was so scared because I thought I needed someone else and I would never find anyone else like him ever again. But then I found stand-up. Thank God. Everyone thinks that stand-up is so scary because you're up there all alone. But it's the least scary thing in the world because no one can disappoint you. Line. I'm going to get on the couch in a second, but hold on. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Then, so then the reporter says, well, isn't that a little lonely? And she's like, it's just true. We come into this world completely alone and that's how we leave it. Most people spend their whole lives pretending that's not true, but I don't pretend. I never have. Whew. Yeah. And I just, I really related to that. I mean, I'm going to talk about it more, probably my takeaways, but as you know you know i'm a very like individual kind of person mm-hmm. like it's all on me and that way i can be in control and no one can hurt me or disappoint me and then i only have myself to blame and and that i was listening to this and i'm like mm, i kind of get this like mm-hmm. i mean i really do it's it's less scary then because mm-hmm. like she's saying no one can disappoint you but i would also say no one can hurt you no one you mm-hmm. know whatever word you want to use it's 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 a method of self-protection and i get it i totally get it and and i get that she found it in at a time when she had just been hurt by by two people who she loved her own sister and her husband and so this was her reaction to it well then i can do this and it's on me and no one can disappoint me yeah absolutely yeah that was, yeah. I really, really loved that scene, which then. I, I loved that Sorry. scene too. And, and what I also loved is
0: everything she was saying was very honest and vulnerable and I, honest, I guess, is the word. But. It's also not true. And she will come to realize pretty quickly mm-hmm. that what she's saying is not true. And By the end, that, it, yeah. that it's an old... Well, we only have
1: one more scene. You're right. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's an old story that she had told herself. But in this moment you can tell she believes what she's saying and she's never said it and sometimes that's what happens sometimes you have to say the thing to someone get it out which is kind of what Ava's it might just feel good to, to say these things out loud and that's what Ava's encouraging her to do but as soon as she says it out loud it's almost as if she's like well that I believed that was true for a really long time and now I know it's not true because if even if we are born alone and we die alone we have a whole long life and she's spent essentially just waiting to die because she just is waiting to be alone right and so she's just being she's just alone the whole time as opposed to saying you know we're bookended by these moments of individuality being born alone dying alone but you have a whole long life in yeah, between yeah. And, and all that I have ever thought me personally was important in that long period of time in between your alone moments is connection and and making connections with other people um, which so is,
1: you're right what's happening with her and Ava yes and absolutely. yes by the end yeah, yeah. They actually decide to do it together. So yeah, yeah, but 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 I love what you're saying that when she says this, she believes it because it it is feels true or feels yeah, and it, it has, is what she's been doing. It has been exactly, true. exactly. Um, and then also she does it have to hold on. It. Yeah, she's like, well, yeah
0: maybe i yeah. don't have to do that maybe there's another way
1: yeah yeah i love that yeah i'm gonna mm-hmm. come back to that too and then it goes yeah. to her blood i'm um, filleting the fish i mean can we i mean i i feel as if that also like the co2 is just mm-hmm. some sort yeah. of brilliant like <laughs> scene Vulnerable. of yes right but she's like you know it, it literally cuts to the scene where it was like racing back she finds out that the run-through has been canceled and because De- Deborah had found out that she was interviewing, and basically mm-hmm. betrayed her, and so then she walks in the kitchen, and deborah has got like a bloody apron on, and he's got like a hatchet in her hand, and it's just like, like cutting like the head off a fish. I felt like she was like Tony Soprano or something. I don't know what she was doing. I just <laughs> loved it. I was just like, what's happening right now? Like, what is she doing? It's so oh true. my god, I love it. I loved so it. True. I love that, and that is our penultimate episode.
0: Well, I-, I thought nine was better than ten, but ten, a lot happens at the end. So a
1: lot happens. I'm like, it's yes. like the slap, the slap heard round the world, the funeral, and then that ending, the final mm-hmm. scene. Yes, lots happening. Yeah, I mean the the fight i i thought it was great again kind of like the, the the physical comedy thing and just like their fights they've so many good fights starting from you know when they first meet i mean that's how she gets hired right is because she fought well with deborah and deborah was like you know like that was her first introduction was actually a fight but they their are matching wits their conflicts. Mm-hmm. of i mean it's here even at the end you know um and cuz she's mad Ava's mad that she's not going to do the new material and Debra's yeah. I don't know Yeah by the way how
0: devastated what- were you were you were the devastated the whole oh. time that Ava had n- not gone on the interview but like lied about the whole thing and like mm-hmm. then didn't tell her and then wasn't showing up for her and it was oh the whole thing was just making me so sick and then she finds out about it and then I'm like please just have Ava tell her she was lying like you like a fifteen-year-old lies to their gym teacher, yes. male gym teacher. Like I have my period. She's like, "You're not going to want to hear the word period." And I mean, to some extent, that is Deborah's character. Like, "Ugh, don't tell me you're too TMI, TMI all the time." Right, yeah, right, right. But right, right. she's playing it up, and it just felt like uh, I, you just could feel the backslides. Their their
1: individual backslides coming, and you're yes. like, "Oh no, you, no!" And they had made progress, and yes. then it just got yeah. yeah Ooh, I, I wanted, didn't want that. One, yeah. Well, and one of the, the creators, Jen Stotsky, it had said like, you know, growth is, we've talked about this, it's Not it's never a straight line. You know, mm-hmm. it's not a perfect trajectory. And you see that between them. They go like two steps forward, one step back. And like, the the you know, even till the very end, because now, you know, she's yelling at her for not doing it. And Denver's like, I don't need to do a whole show dwelling on my past. I move forward, always have. And Ava's like what a giant waste of time this has all been and was like yeah I agree and my time's more valuable than yours so now they're back to like their original camps and modes and then Ava's like oh what great opportunity did I keep you from does KFC want you to be the new Colonel Sanders Mm -hmm, (laughs) oh my god and and, but then Deborah gets to do hers oh and that would just wouldn't be cool right I'm sick of your pretentious bullshit what have you even done and Ava's like you're just scared to do the hard thing you're a fucking hack Mm -hmm. and bam she slaps her mm-hmm. i even love that like ava goes who slaps people <laughs> right so, so again it's like again like yeah same thing the different-
0: like cliche like who who yes. does that like this is a soap opera move like what are you doing and then but yet it works somehow so well. it did uh
1: absolutely yes yes and and mostly because of her reaction because it is sort of like what what you'd think like who slaps people and then she's like well i quit obviously which i also thought was funny but then shortly thereafter she she sees the gift that ava had left for her she unwraps it and it's that time magazine cover framed that had deborah vance on the front and it said will deborah vance make tv history And Ava has that little note, I think she will, XO, XO, Ava. And you're like, oh, see, like, you know. And then she takes the stage and she tells the crowd that she's told, you know, many of the same jokes, you know, throughout her time. But tonight she's going to tell them why she told those jokes. And I love that. Mm -hmm. Now, were you surprised that then we didn't hear the new material or or not? Like, were you expecting to? I kind of was a little, but...
0: I don't think I was because I thought, well, I at the very least, I thought if we don't hear it, we'll know it did not work, like that it will be shown right. just to say that she bombed.
1: Right. Which I thought made sense, well, too. I mean, right. I kind yeah.
0: of, yeah, well, I knew it had to bomb. She literally had not tried any of it. Now, she knew she had to because that's how comedians work. So she went to Sacramento to do that. And then she was supposed to do the run through. She did neither of those things. So there was just no chance in hell it was going to work.
1: Yeah, yeah, then the, you know, I don't want to say, obviously, the part I liked is when her dad dies, that comes out really, uh, <laughs> came out wrong, of course, <laughs> but yes, so... You know Ava's dad passes away and you know Deborah had said previously like I don't do funerals and so you you don't think she's there and then I love that like you know you hear this voice you know booming from the back and she sort of saves the funeral, right she she mm-hmm. works the crowd she gets members of the family to open up she gets you know Ava's mom to laugh. I mean what she does for her in that moment is so remarkable. I mean she's there for her in a way that's very Deborah but so also green. not yeah because she exactly. doesn't go to funerals she doesn't do funerals but she yeah. manages to be herself in a in a way that i guess based on what she said is probably uncomfortable for her but she she does it for ava
0: right it's um, growth and consistency growth. i mean it truly reminded me i i i'm blanking and i have been i've been trying to think of it for like an hour but like i know there are rom-coms that end this way where like the person is out in the crowd of the comedy show or when a man loves a woman I guess it's in the the AA meeting and you're so surprised that the person is there because you don't expect them to be there but it's like but also it's very indicative of this grand gesture of love even though it's a small thing it it was like a rom-com ending which is bizarre (laughs)
1: It, yeah and unexpected you're right in this yeah. in this setting oh marcus
0: in always be my maybe right he shows up doesn't he like try to have an interview question right when she's on the yes. red carpet he shows up, same thing
1: same oh, idea in, um, of- oh and hugh grant and um in Notting um, nodding hill yeah, yeah, he's yeah. also a reporter in the in the audience too, and then okay. you don't expect to find her there and ask a question. And That's very similar yeah. to always yeah. be my maybe. Mm-hmm. Only, yeah.
0: But so it just it feels like a very common rom-com bit that's used in this beautiful friendship.
1: Yes, that is so true. And then when they when they're back in her bedroom, and this one really this one hit me having yeah back having in Eva's childhood. Yes. Have, yeah, yeah, yeah. Childhood. She's bedroom, in yes. her childhood bedroom and you know Ava says she feels weirdly numb you know she's like I haven't even cried yet which I think is very common and she says when does it hit you and Deborah says never all at once just a bunch of tiny ways over and over that's how it was for me and that's I completely agree with that as a as a way of describing what it feels like and Ava then says you know it just feels so weird being back in this house like I always just felt really, really lonely here. And I think that's why I started doing comedy in the first place. It was a way to feel connected with people who saw things the way I did. But now I'm like, maybe I shouldn't shape my entire existence around a response to a shitty childhood. It's not a good reason to pursue a career. And and I love that this sort of parallels what Deborah was saying to the reporter to me, like how they each came to comedy is different clearly, but it was a way for them to sort of deal with whatever they were dealing with it was a reaction to their experiences at the time and Mm -hmm. it sort of saved each of them Uh, like for Deborah for Deborah it was so she could actually be alone you know she felt like that's what she had to do to protect herself and and for Ava it's to was to escape her loneliness and find a community and I just thought it was really nice parallels between those two but how the answer for each of them was comedy and that Mm -hmm. that's now what's bringing the two of them together and 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 their growth and i just i just i just loved it and and then you do get ava you know says like she's done with comedy and deborah's like you can't quit like you're too good and that Mm -hmm. little bit of praise from Deborah's, what breaks Ava open, and she finds yeah same us to and cry. that
0: yeah and that mirrors the same moment it, that you just described in New Eyes yeah. when when Ava says to her, "You're too good.
1: You yes, can make like anything you can make funny. Anything you can make funny. funny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I love the parallels." But then in both of them, they go to something that's genuinely funny because then Deborah goes, oh, no, don't you don't cry like that. Like it'll cause wrinkles. And then she shows her how to cry without moving her face. And then I'm instantly laughing, like, yes, which I was really kind of getting choked up. I mean, I know that's me. Anything to do with like death of a father. But then they had me laughing like five seconds later, which I love. Um, so good about the show and then of course you know we you could have ended there right I mean right they're gonna go out on the road together they're gonna work the material like who cares that it bombed if there were there are parts that are good yeah and that
0: would have been enough to say well it's tv I know very well that it's not gonna be all hunky-dory lovey going on from here but they don't even let you revel in that at all because it is right cut to the call from jimmy where ava, he tells ava what the hell is this email that you sent the producers of the yeah. show spilling all this nasty stuff about deborah and oh yeah. my god
1: you're my like, stomach
0: what? he fucking says
1: dropped fuck did you do ava and you're yeah. like look on her face is like oh no
0: yeah because and also you see her Drunk with taking yeah, Zanny, yeah, cigarette, yeah, cigarette, and the sunglasses on in the airport. You know exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. in yeah. Vegas, mm-hmm. and she, you know, she's going to do it, and she says she's going to do it, and then you forget about it, and you think, oh, the grief, and she's this horrible moment that she would say something like that, but she does it, and we don't know that until that last moment. Yeah.
1: And you're like, Fuck, yeah.
0: and it. I also, kind of forgot,
1: it, like honestly, yeah, until I said that, no, I did too, yeah.
0: I totally and did that- because you got into the dad stuff and that was obviously took took place but I love that they they did actually let her off the hook for the voicemails And she really did use the wax museum. It was funny and cute and original. Mm -hmm. And she used the face. She deleted them. There was no lingering repercussions for that. But somehow this is the repercussions. Like stop doing these stupid, impulsive, vindictive
1: things, Ava. Yes. And you know, they said it was very purposeful for us to put HBO Max in a position where they felt like they had to renew it because it's funny when Mm -hmm. you do a a final scene of a show if you don't know if you have season two yet you figure well I better wrap it up I can't leave it on like a cliffhanger what if we don't get picked up she's almost said like like they were daring them (laughs) but isn't it a risky move I mean I was upset it is
0: I was not happy I did not
1: you do still want
0: to end the season kind of feeling good now you want you know to yourself this can't last this is TV TV and surely something yeah. will come up uh, but i didn't like ending the whole thing i felt terrible i felt sick to my stomach and that's not a great yeah. way to end a show no, but
1: i know i know I, oh i did I, guess, I did have a little of that too i was like Ooh, no. oh no oh
0: yeah and like and i also had the dread the the vague dread turned into very specific dread i would have vaguely said oh i know this can't last this is not the way conflict works this is not the way shows work but I had a very specific, which is Ava's going to lie. She's going to try to intercept something. She's going to do dumb things instead of kind of coming clean, which is really what she should do. Because truthfully, do you think Deborah would really care? What, you told them I left you in the desert? She'd be like, of course I left her in the desert. She's entitled brat. She doesn't know what hard it is. I had to give, teach her sure. a lesson. If she came clean and was honest, I think they could work past it much better yeah. and and instead she's gonna hide it and fuck it up
1: i was surprised that's for sure yeah i meant to say too with the grief scene did you know that um Jean smart's own husband died during the right before they filmed that scene or for her oh, husband gosh. of 34 years <gasps> yeah no. richard Gilliat. gillian was her husband they met on designing women and they've been married for 34 years and he died unexpectedly and it Are was... Are you kidding me? No, during COVID? During, yeah. And it had nothing to do with COVID. Right. Um, but during yeah, this, this horrible time have, in everyone's lives. Yes. And they had a week <sighs> left of shooting. And the episode they had left to shoot was on grief. And they were like, listen, you don't need to do this. You take as much time off. And And she... She said it with the filming, it was a good distraction, and they dedicated, like, the finale to him, and, and she came, they were like, she was a trooper, but she was like, I needed, I needed to do it. Wow. You know, and wow. you would love, I mean, I, I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole on those two, which doesn't really have a place anywhere here, but I feel oh. like you would love it, because yeah. she talked a lot about how he was really, she met Undesigning Women, he was acting in it, too. He played, like, Annie Potts's boyfriend, so the other character's boyfriend, and she said that she believed and he was a stage actor too like her and that she believed he sacrificed his career for hers because and let her have all these opportunities and like that he was really a brilliant actor but whatever reason in their choices or whatever she was being offered like she got the spotlight and got to do follow more of her dreams and she felt like she had all of this because of him you know she's, she's a lot of quotes about his support and everything which i thought was really really nice to hear but yeah right in the middle of that
0: oh my gosh wow wow i did not know that so
1: probably brought more to that finale and that scene from her personal experience Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. oh geez so now we can roll into what's your damage is that yes 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 damage yes damage
0: is there anything we haven't already covered
1: i think with deborah you know, a lot of her damage is because of, um, yeah, I think some of the misogyny and the and her generation and women coming up in 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 that time in comedy mm-hmm. and and her husband leaving her, we've talked about and how yeah. she reacted to that. I mean, there was one reference, um, that we didn't talk about. When she's making the speech at DJ's birthday about how her parents yes. left her uh, early or yeah. something. But you don't mm-hmm. hear any more about that. But yeah. I was like,
0: hmm. That goes through the whole cast mommy issues right yeah yeah on on so many levels deborah and dj and that scene was really a strong one where she says that she Mm -hmm. took her everywhere and it's we know it's a complaint of djs that she didn't have a stable life but but she says here
1: why she did it yes
0: and that she brought her everywhere because she had lost her parents at a young age and that was Mm -hmm. why and then, so you get it from, like, the the small, deep moments, and then you get really funny stuff with Luna and Kiki, Kiki's daughter, three-year-old daughter, yes. Luna. Her going on about how Luna is, like, turning away from her, which is a normal response, a separation response that she <laughs> yeah. would reject her mother, even though she's the most important person in the world. And Kiki is not having it. She's like, what no. the fuck, Luna? Fuck. Like, I'm, like, the coolest person she knows. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And by the way, she only knows a few people. So what is exactly. her problem? So what
1: the hell?
0: Oh, and she does not let it go. She says it on the phone with Ava, and then she brings it up at DJ's birthday. I mean, she doesn't let it go. She's really harping on that. And it's it's just funny, and it's something consistently it, we see it with DJ as the daughter Debra. and Deborah as the mother, but also Deborah as the daughter and her parents that loss. And then we see it with Ava and her mother. And her mother, They have a complicated relationship, I mean, to say the least, so.
1: Right, and you see the difference between her relationship, Ava's, with her mother versus her father. You're right, It's, it's everywhere. Like, Mommy Issues is... Oh, yeah. ...runs throughout this show Every- and when Ava trying to help DJ deal with Deborah, mm-hmm. and how she says like everybody it's the most normal thing in the world to want your mom to be proud of you but maybe you just need to do things to be proud of yourself you know right. but Ava is basically giving needs to take that advice herself it's uh-huh. easier for her to tell DJ but oh. she needs to hear that too oh my god yes. I also love by the way that it's DJ is Deborah Jr that mm-hmm. is so awesome to me mm-hmm. the how all men name their kids after <laughs> themselves but oh, in yeah. here deborah vance did it yeah. herself i love that i you like, love that too per- yeah yep. perfect yeah so mommy issues are clearly the damage even marcus and his mom like they don't have yes. issues but they have a very interesting relationship Wait, they don't have issues well it's like it's, she, it's just a complete rant. lack of yeah, boundaries no, true. they all have <laughs> <That's true>. terrible <laughs> okay. boundaries oh god that's true but then at the end oh, yeah. he like Puts his head on her shoulder, you know. Yeah. Like, oh right. gosh. Well, because right. mothers really are everywhere. not usually I know. one
0: thing. They are they are usually both the source of of pain and trauma and, and little tea and trauma comfort. and comfort, yeah. comfort yeah. and love and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Wow. So there, there's some damage <laughs> ev- here. Everywhere. Um, okay. Well, what she said?
0: Is yes, what she all said. Right. Even though it's what she said i i treated the three of them as mm-hmm. the creators that were worth talking about paul downs jen Statsky, and lucia Agnello.
1: lucia directed six out of ten of the episodes so wow was it that many co- okay. yeah so they yeah. all definitely and, co-created right. and co-written but she directed the majority
0: yes and paul uh, what played jimmy the agent jimmy yeah when did
1: you know that at what point did you know that
0: never I mean never never while I was watching it I had no idea
1: okay okay so I did and I thought I because I started like reading about them see I never do that while I I was also watching and then I was like wait that's Jimmy yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, I'm like like, shut the front door (laughs) (laughs) so I did not know I didn't know it during it then too i guess he does act in in like they co-wrote yes. rough night that movie with scarlett johansson and he was in that too yeah. but yeah, yeah they, they have a
0: and like. they have a long history together these three yes right Very i guess long yeah paul and lucia met first but they were not dating at all and then jen and lucia met all of them met doing improv Uh, sketch groups citizens yeah and then they all merged on the writing staff of comedy central's broad city and they just they seem to really genuinely enjoy working together and always try to to bring each other on for these things and i love that it was such a bizarre threesome right it's it's, yes. a, it's a husband it's not just three people it's a husband and wife and then a third person Well, i don't think
1: they're married they're clearly in a relationship and the, yes. there's a third person which yes. you're right is an interesting dynamic yes absolutely but we've but, talked a lot about writing duos and you're right like mm-hmm. in a lot of the episodes we've done we haven't had this sort of this trio no we have
0: not but I kind of love. Did you look up their signs? I couldn't
1: find them. But you, they're essentially like
0: two. They're essentially two people. Paul and Jen are both Scorpios, born days apart, days in the in the month of November. And Lucia is a Capricorn, and Capricorn and Scorpio are very good match, and so wow. the whole thing just works. I just thought that was very I fascinating.
1: I know that. I don't know how you found that. I read how they sort of came up with the idea. I always like to know how, how like ideas are born and they were like on a road trip the through them which mm-hmm. also just I love that they're road tripping together. I mean just yeah. They, and it was know, they for say,
0: his gig and they yeah, just yes. and you know it's not that surprising although it kind of is but I guess in this work maybe it's not so but so his his wife partner is is tagging along which is kind of weird but then even weirder is adding on their like best friend
1: friend.
0: (laughs) their mutual best friend like just tag on because it was his job and only his job and then the three of them yes drove together yeah
1: right and they were just like talking about women in stand-up who never got their due while their male counterparts were far more revered and put in the spotlight and this was uh jen saying this and she said that there are women who were quietly but so importantly, doing the work of blazing a trail for other women. And they got knocked down a million times, but get back up a million and one. And Mm -hmm. she like cited Phyllis Diller and Joan Rivers and Debbie Reynolds. And, you know, they said that they just kept coming back to this idea, even when they were working on different projects. And she said, that's how you know it's something worth pursuing.
0: Yeah, that was the other thing I really enjoyed hearing, was that they came up with the idea like seven years ago. And it has been... A long time of slow development, letting these ideas percolate and simmer and not letting them go when another version of that same story is, we had this idea, it didn't go anywhere, and it's over. And they right. didn't choose to to let it go that way that that just because it doesn't take off or have its own momentum it instantly, that it's not something to let go of. And and how do you know the difference? I, yeah, you know, yeah. I love, exactly. Yeah. That's what we uh-huh. always talk about, right? Like,
1: how do you know the difference? And and what she said is like, that's, they know it because the idea just wouldn't go away. Yes. And I guess, you know, if, if it, but I don't know what that means for them, what it just kept coming up or someone, who knows? But um, right. it, I guess that's their point. It was just something that they couldn't shake. And Maybe that's how you know, but I don't know. We do struggle with that. Like, I, you know, maybe we're just waiting for the, a sign from the universe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But it
0: can't even be one sign because to sustain you for that, that was, long,
1: great. right? But
0: it's not exactly like they were sitting around waiting on this one idea anyway. Like I, we've already talked about them working, all being writers on Broad City, and they shared a Writers Guild Award nomination. But also I just am fascinated. Like what... What is the dynamic? Three is a dynamic I've never really understood. Two, I understand. Or variations of two. Like you're the person I go to for X and you're the person I go to for, you know, funny stuff. Like whatever it is.
1: That's the thing. Like so for rough night they said you know paul and, and lucia wrote it together and she punched it up or something they said so yes. i get mm-hmm. that maybe yep. she just reads what they wrote and punches it up but makes it better i also right. read yeah that the two of them paul and lucia when they write something together so that my question is gonna be i don't know how they do it with three of them but when they write something together they each write it and like it's not it's not collaborative at first it's like You go write it and you go write it and then we'll come together (gasps) because they're like trying to impress the other and see who can make the other one laugh or see who can get the other one with the best thing and then they can merge them. That to me was amazing. I don't get where the third person comes in, right? That is fascinating. It's it's sort of like a challenge to
0: But maybe the other person comes in and just makes the whole thing better. Yes. Which I I also love because then it feels like real, each person has real impact on the project that sounds amazing wow right so it's pretty cool very cool
1: we need to get them on
0: (laughs) so so should we move on to who won
1: yes who won i can start we've talked about it a little so i'll i'll start which is for me which is a very strange answer i would not thought i would give this before i watched it
0: Oh my god! Generational
1: conflict, one mm. for me. Generational conflict. If you had oh, told me before that. I sat down that that's because if you read articles about this, it's what a lot of people talk about. Oh, the generational. Con- I'd be like, eh, you know, I don't know that I'd find that so funny. Like the old person and the younger person, you know. Would it, it, I'm just saying on the surface, I would not think that that's something that I'd be looking for in a show. But I thought it was worked so well here it provided so much of the humor but also so much for the growth like and some of the humor I just have to point out I mean like the tampon versus a diva cup I, 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 <laughs> why is this so funny to me and like Deborah's oh like my audience doesn't know what a diva cup is and they don't mm-hmm. want to yeah um, or like wiki feet and yes. she's like trying to explain it to Deborah, and Deborah's like looking at her and then she's like am I on wiki feed? And like mm. Marcus and her sister yes. are like, yep. Mm. And then she looks like all smug, like, hmm, yeah. okay, oh, so I am. Okay. That's uh, legit now. Well, <laughs> yeah. Or like taking nudes and Ava's all, yeah. For my generation, it, it shows agency. Mm-hmm. And Deborah's like, oh, sweetie, you don't need to send a guy a picture just because he asked. And mm-hmm. she's like, actually it was a woman and she didn't ask Mm -hmm. and you see like deborah looks at her almost worse like oh honey that's pathetic i mean she doesn't say that but she's just like what are you doing Yeah. but the best was like the very beginning i think it was like episode two where their difference between like what's funny to to ava versus i mean that's kind of the whole the big generational conflict she's like what's funny i mean Mm -hmm she writes all these jokes and deborah's like what are these these aren't right, jokes. there's no punchline they're, they're lines. like they're like thought poems and I, <laughs> <laughs> I she's like she's like like what is this i had a horrible nightmare that i got a voicemail right. and she just like looks at her she's like what and and Ava's yeah, like no oh, it's yeah, funny because voicemails like are voicemails horrible. are horrible which by the way i agree voicemails i, are, I hate voicemails mm-hmm. though i don't think that's that funny but but she's like but it needs a punchline and Ava's like no a traditional joke structure is very male and it's just like you get like right you know
0: but right just, before, a, before that is that is my yeah. favorite one which is the sexuality when yes. she says what are you a lesbian and she's yes. like and she's like well and she Ava launches into this like very oh. smart and well thought out and well explained you know, uh, how she's bisexual and what that means to her. It's one of the best things I've ever heard, yeah. uh, especially mm-hmm. on something that's, you know, people of an older generation are like, what is that? What's, what is that? Why would yes. I do that? That doesn't make any sense. Pick one, you know, pick a side. And yeah. she yeah. explains it so well. What Deborah responds with is, I just wanted to know you why you looked like, oh, and I can't remember who it was. It was oh, so-and-so's what, mechanic. Rachel Maddow's yes! like mechanic. mechanic.
1: Rachel Maddow's mechanic. Rachel Maddow's mechanic
0: why you're dressed like-, like Rachel Maddow oh my gosh I mean oh. it, that to me just encapsulates yes. it because they are she gives her a thought poem answer and she it's and De- just- Deborah delivers the punchline like oh I just exactly. want to know why you look like De- uh, Rachel Maddow's mechanic right which she does by the way oh, in like coveralls gosh. she's wearing these blue coveralls that she does look like a mechanic but it's also kind of cute because jumpsuits are a thing and oh my the whole thing is perfect
1: it's okay. hilarious i mean and and i think we'll talk about it so i want to but you know obviously the ways they react to you know sexual harassment or you know the treatment of women and we talked about it a little i think that's a big generational difference between them but it just it provided so much of the humor but like in a really funny original way and then of course mm-hmm. like i said it that this conflict is also though how they you end up seeing though that they're not really all that different right oh yeah that's what you said at the beginning yeah that was the
0: best I think that's why it worked so well yes because it did not try to go to the normal we're just we're so different and it really was. They are the same people, just in different generations, and and yeah, they're how that against, shapes. Like,
1: yeah. yeah, yeah, yes, the, similar things, are. and they and and they can learn from each other, and they mm-hmm. do. But at yeah. the same time, they're doing it while they're like knocking heads. And yeah, and I, I just I, I just that that really one for me. Yeah, yeah they they those, make, like, that generational that conflict. Yes, that is a good one. How about you? So,
0: So for me, who won or what won, I guess, just like yours, was this reversal of typical female tropes. Sometimes it's a reversal, sometimes it's unwinding, sometimes it's dismantling. And we've talked about a few of them, the dramatic irony of the antiques owner saying you're both psychotic bitches when he is the only person acting irrationally she wants to buy a pepper shaker he has a pepper shaker for sale there should be zero conflict here he is the one who's acting irrational and crazy and yet because they outwardly present in a certain way based on the frustrations that they're receiving from him he pins them that way and that's so fucked up but also just a brilliant illumination of what's really going on there. And then right. you also said it, too, with with Deborah and her husband and Frank and how he was like, well, he said it and no one believed me. So I kind of used it. And it was, again, this, you know, the, the really the irrational psycho was Frank by saying yeah. a dryer fire that it was her setting his house on fire. But yet she is the one who has to wear that. Meanwhile, it is clearly these men's actions that are the one. This is the the clear origin. In some cases, it's not always clear. In those cases, it's very clear that they are the clear origin of the problem. And there were just so many other ones that I loved in this. We'll talk about the $1.69 million. And we'll talk about whether we think that worked or not. But it still sheds light on a lot. The manic pixie dream boy of the episode five falling, the guy who ends up killing himself, oh, yeah. and the assistant Caitlin me tooing Jimmy. I mean, there's so <laughs> right. much, so I much. I forgot about that. Yeah, oh my God. All He's three so of them. All yeah. three of them are so different, but I can't not talk about them. So I guess I wanted to start with the manic pixie dream boy of falling. I just. I don't. I don't know why I loved this so much. How many times have you seen the wim- the woman who is like only there to lift up the guy, and he is telling her how amazing she is? Ava is, and he's speaking yeah. in essentially teabag platitudes. He says nothing of substance other than you're amazing. It, it is so common to see the the female lead, and a lot of times it's under the. Sometimes it works. Because it's under the guise of like, I quote unquote, see you, right? Like I see your potential. I see that you're more than this loser that you actually are. I see something more and I can bring that out in you. And so here we have a complete reversal of that where he is doing that for her. And he's like, you're so funny and smart and cool. And oh, so when did you get hot? Was it in college? I mean, it just, what? What? Like it feels very, not that any of it's not true or true. It just is like, what are you saying? Like, And yes. yet, it, I think as a female character, you would not even pause. Because we've seen it in so many... You know, Jason Segel is yeah. literally everything he's ever done. You're like, why are you dying over this loser? Really? I mean, I yes. don't understand. <laughs> and yet, we take it... Oh, yes. Of course, Mila Kunis and Kristen Bell are fighting over you. Of course. Of course. Of oh course. Oh, God. Right. Which would right. never happen. But go ahead. No, yes. exactly. But... He is playing this role for her it reversed, and she's like, "I think I have to change my entire personality." And he's like, "Okay, well, you could, but the real work is accepting who you are and loving yourself." And yes, she's like, "For yes. the good things you do." And she's like, "Well, I do send money home to my parents. <gasps> You're like mother, You're practically a saint." Yes, and I'm like, "Oh, come yes. on, stop it." And then he does. The final icing on the cake is he's like, I've lost 60 grand, but I'm going to give you my last $100. And she's like, no, we've already established I'm a giant loser. And he's like, no, I believe in you. Like, do this. And of course, she she does. She wins. Right. All very typical male journey. And yet we see it in reverse, which I really enjoyed watching. I don't think it's good. I think it's all kind of bullshit, but I really enjoyed watching it. But at least it's it. a reversal. Yes, yeah. exactly. And of course, she's give, he's giving her the worst advice ever. Like, go do it. Go, you know, yeah, like quit, quit your, your job, job and your be, life, do your I'm art. <laughs> yes, get which is again, something you could see a woman doing like, you're so talented. You have to do this. And then also how, so she quits and he's like, you're amazing. I still like seeing that. Like, hell yeah, get this woman a yes. hype man. I'm all, I'm all for it, even though. Like yeah, Caitlyn me tooing Jimmy. I don't approve of these things. These aren't a good idea. But at the same time, I, getting to see the reverse is kind of interesting to watch. Yes, and exactly. with Caitlyn in the hotel room, I mean, it's playing out exactly how you would with a man and a woman like what's her problem i got us this amazing suite, in caitlin saying to jimmy and he's like no i'm not comfortable with this and she's like what is your problem what is wrong with you and then he has to like contend with her fragile ego she slams herself in the bathroom and again what women are always doing is trying not to you know upset men's egos and like Okay, I can maybe live with it if we get a cot. No, it's just not acceptable. And so I did appreciate again seeing that that reversal absolutely of, and he yeah. looks
1: so uncomfortable so and so uncomfortable. nervous yes. and she's just she's, she's talk about another great supporting mm-hmm. character there. I mean, yeah. she yeah. is Yeah, and
0: and setting and the setup where she is his assistant and sort of his boss, but not. Boss, because, because her he's the dad boss. runs the mm-hmm. company. Yeah.
1: Exactly. So he can't say anything. It's you know? it's or, all about where the...
0: he's losing his job. Exactly. It's all about where the power is. And she, on the surface, doesn't have it, but kind of does. And so, which yeah. makes it, it interesting. Mm-hmm, makes for an interesting dynamic. Such and then there's the, the 1.6 million, which was a reversal of deborah's own stance right she had said Mm -hmm. you know ava had confronted her about not standing up for what she had seen or not speaking out about what she had seen which again is a generational thing but she kind of puts it to her and deborah's like well now i do have the power to do something different and what what could i do and she's she witnesses the jerk at the comedy club in Sacramento, you know, commenting on another comedian, the woman's breasts. And so she's like, you know, like, now I can do something about it. But what to do is still not really clear. But she does something and she offers him 1.69 because he wants 69. Because that's funny to... Mm. immature Dude. jerk right, right. right. like uh-huh. right yeah. exactly so she offers him 1.69 million dollars to go away and never set foot in a comedy club again and i guess the point of it is that although he's going to be an asshole no matter where he goes it's more it's slightly more dangerous having him in a comedy club where there are already so few women and so few women to band together to you know fight off someone like this and
1: yes because that was so what did you think of that were you so so i'm not so sure i thought the actual paying him the money like i had some issues with that like what is that yeah is that really gonna do you're rewarding him all of that right in reality i was like "Hmm, does that really work but i did love up until that point like I loved her her little bit on it yeah she basically calls him out on stage one because I was surprised I mean you know Ava was calling her out for not having done anything and even though you saw her look at him kind of grab them I you know when she got up there I was surprised and I thought what she said is so on point I mean you know she said like he's pretending to flirt with me so I have two options I can shoot him down and not play along but then I'm a bad sport and not funny and a cold bitch etc cetera, etc cetera. and if I do that if I do that it's awkward and it's gonna be harder to win you back or do I play along which let's face it is easier and I'm sexually myself sexualizing myself on his terms and that I just think that is exactly yeah. the predicament I mean we have yeah. all been in that like I you know you, I could easily shoot shoot someone down. Like, I mean, I'm not one of those people that would be afraid to do that. But then mm-hmm. you're right. Then people are like, oh, you're reacting. Yeah. Such a mm-hmm. bad sport. Why are you could be such a bitch. Yeah. Um, but then I'm also very good at, which is she points out the problem with that is I can play along and joke because it's easier. Like right. And, yeah. But then I realize that well, what the fuck? Then you're right. You're sexualizing yourself just what, on their terms better yeah. on their terms right yeah. Yeah. and so i thought that part was so true and then when she And i love like, how she didn't let yeah. up
0: she didn't let up no all. no
1: yeah, and she's like death, taxes, and this fucking guy. And I was like, she's <laughs> right. Like this, this is life, right? These are the yeah. inevitable things of life: death, yes. taxes, and a fucking guy like this who thinks it's funny and who's going to put me in this position, who's going to grab the ass or whoever. And like, why yeah. are these truths in life? Like, like inevitable right. truths. Like, right? It shouldn't be. And that part, I loved that whole thing. The actual then end solution of paying him off I don't know I had some problems with that this yeah. isn't an agreement I'm a lawyer I'm like this, <laughs> this is not gonna hold up what is yes this? You know, well whatever. she does say
0: that they're so, gonna she's gonna have her I, lawyers put it together have her lawyers
1: yeah I, yes. I know but he's getting you know he's being rewarded in a way
0: yeah I read and he's something.
1: getting 1.69 million
0: I did read something you could think he's getting a windfall but you can just know from who this guy is million can be a great amount of money if you do the right thing with it. But he's going to piss. It's also pretty easy to piss away. And he's going to make all this. You know, he's going to buy into some Ponzi scheme. Yeah, you're right. You can
1: just imagine how he'll fuck it up.
0: Exactly. Or people will (laughs) come looking for him. Yeah, you know, it's not going to end up well for him. He's not going to be set up for life. Don't worry. Right. (laughs) Yeah, It's a good point. I did appreciate, though, that because... We don't do that. We don't take it apart and go, this is, in this small interaction, you just usually make the choice. You're either I'm the one who's going to shoot it down or I'm the one who's going to play it nice. I am usually the one who plays it Mm -hmm. nice to to not deal with that shit. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Yeah. So that's That's what won the movie for me was those subversive depictions and not just one, not just one, but so many reversals and and illuminations of, of things that we take for granted and how does it look when it's the opposite way does it feel uncomfortable why does it feel uncomfortable do we want it to be the opposite do we want women tearing around acting like men no but do I like watching it yes
1: (laughs) you know yeah very exactly that that so true that's a great choice
0: all right takeaways what's your takeaway lay it on me I'm ready
1: Okay, so my takeaway is actually inspired by a quote by Jen Stotsky, one of the co-creators. I saved it, not for what she said. She was talking about collaboration in television and she said, in the DNA of every show I've tried to work on and now tried to make, it's about that collaboration between people. And she started listing her shows that have, you know, had a lot of success. She said, I think people responded to Broad City because it was a depiction of friendship they hadn't really seen before. Parks and Rec, she works on Parks and Rec, was all about a team of people coming together to make their town better. The Good Place was about people coming together to make each other better and... She was saying in the article that Hacks is a series about the collaboration between these two unwitting comedy partners who learn that it's ultimately worth it to work together. Mm -hmm. And she said, the biggest lesson is you can't do it alone. Mm -hmm. It will be infinitely better when you say yes to doing it with other people and allowing as many voices and people as possible to make it with you. And that made me think, much like I was discussing with the scene in episode six, where Deborah's talking about, you know, why she loves stand up and because she was really so she could be alone and not disappoint anyone. When I said, you know, I am an individual sport kind of person Mm. i can do it myself kind of person it's all on me person Mm. put my own individual happiness first person Mm -hmm. and this quote and and really this show um the relationship between these two is just a nice reminder that sometimes it's better when you let people in mm. and when you say yes to doing it with other people, like she said. And the very best example of that, of course, is this podcast. Me saying yes to <laughs> you asking me to do this and every every episode and every discussion we have, it reminds me of why it was such a good idea to say yes, yeah. right? to To doing something with someone else and letting someone else in and mm-hmm. and perhaps in life mm-hmm. that is also something that i should think about more and that there is real benefits to partnership and mm-hmm. and to allowing people to help you and and just seeing partnership and collaboration, collaboration. not as a weakness mm. yeah not as a weakness not like I don't need other people. Sure you do. Okay. And there's nothing wrong with that. And in fact, that's a lot of times where the magic happens.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that. First of all, that's just beautiful. Oh, that just sang to me. It really did. And it's also, I love that the word is collaboration because you are totally someone who can manage a lot of things. You can do more than most people. You're also really good though which is something I know I noticed because I'm terrible at it. You're great at delegating. You have help on the things that you know what you can, you know, like this can be delegated, this can be delegated, this cannot be delegated. You have an awareness of that and and an ease to do it. Delegation is also not collaboration, and that's a whole different animal. And wow, I don't know. That just really Mm. hit me. I love that.
1: Yeah, so I I was relating a little too much to Deborah and her mm-hmm. aloneness in her fortress, and yeah. I was too embarrassed to say this. But that opening um scene in episode one, because we didn't talk about that episode, the montage opening montage of mm-hmm. what her sort of life is like, mm-hmm. and you know how she gets up, she does her workout, she she I'm like I, I could do that, like yeah, that could be me. Sh- I know I know it was meant to show how like alone <laughs> she is, yeah. but I was like, hmm, I mean. But by the end, her growth and I guess mine in watching it is look, look at the difference. Then by the end, when she now is allowing mm-hmm. Ava to, to into her life and the the joy that's bringing, the new material it's bringing, mm-hmm. it really has changed her. and it really has. from beginning to end. So yeah. that, I, was, that was my takeaway. Oh, I love
0: that! I love that so much, and it is. It goes back to the, you know, the idea that they kept bringing up you're born ad- alone and you die alone, but you have a whole lot of life in between and make it a collaboration. Oh, I love that. Very interestingly brings us to my takeaway. So my takeaway was about ambition. And mm-hmm. I love that both of these women are very clearly ambitious. In fact, almost everyone in the show is ambitious. Certainly Marcus, the, the COO, yeah. Promoted to CEO, <laughs> he got his E yeah. by the end. Ava, Deborah, ev- everyone's very ambitious. Uh, even Kiki, even, right? She a, calls and, herself a hustler. That's she right. Is. And even DJ mm-hmm. in her own way, right? She could, in yes. theory, not be working so hard to have her jewelry line and all that stuff. So there is so many, such a interesting display of ambition. And I have really appreciated that because it's something you don't see It's it's not always the focal point of women's drive, their ambition, and yet here we see it in multiple women. And sometimes you see a a really ambitious woman, and then two thirds of the way or some point, her ambition turns on her, and it becomes her downfall. And that doesn't we don't have that turning point, which I always hate when it's the turning point because it's like, well, so then the overall lesson at the end of I care a lot is don't be ambitious because you will die. Yeah, right, yeah, exactly. Yes. But, and that, and in so many different, or even Devil Wears Prada, don't be ambitious because you will be alone. And, uh, yeah. you know, and when Andy realizes your she's ambitious, your boyfriend exactly. And, and, yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. Andy realizes it for herself, I see where this ends and it's not a good place. And I hate that because I do believe in yes. ambition. And this show had, like the moments of vulnerability, had the pitfalls of ambition rated really nicely yeah. throughout the whole thing and it's different for all of them and I think it might be different because of where they are in life Deborah's pitfall for her ambition is her isolation she uses the shield she doesn't let anybody in and her ambition is what drives her but also what what keeps her apart from people Ava's is much more interesting to me and again I think it's probably just because she's just up and coming maybe Deborah had the exact same issues when she was starting we just didn't don't see it because now she's successful but Ava's is this idea that she is manipulative and kind of conniving I think the girls in the line at the club Mm -hmm. call her a career obsessed opportunist But when she's outside with her manic pixie dream boy George she says they're right you know and she says she admits that the first thing that she thought of the moment she laid eyes on them was great now I can use them to network my way back to LA and that's just the way her mind works she's always angling for herself and she is in a cutthroat business which George of course tries to tell her is fine but she doesn't have any ability to pull it back. And that to me was much more interesting to see that portrayal of she's ambitious and that's good, but she doesn't have any friends and maybe that's a red flag. So where can you how can you both be ambitious and trustworthy or and full of integrity? And you know that at the beginning, Ava of the beginning would have sold shitty stories about Deborah Vance and taken that job in a heartbeat, yes. right? But then we see she's changed. Now she does have the slide back, but the tr- her change yeah. right. She has the backslide, but that that's human nature. The truth is she's changed. She doesn't want to do
1: that. And she only sold out, I guess, at the end because she'd been hurt. You know? Yeah, like she, and she didn't even Debra sell. wasn't. She didn't even sell out. She, she lashed wasn't. Out
0: yeah, exact. She lashed out because she she wasn't doing yeah. it for her career. She she wasn't yeah, going to no, get she that was job. Just hurt. Her exactly. Feelings were hurt mm-hmm. because she wasn't
1: going to do the new material, and she felt like they had sort of reached, I think, a place in their relationship where they were. She thought they were in a good place, and Deborah kind of dismissed her again, and, mm-hmm. and and so it really does did feel like lashing out. I think, it yeah. might not that she was really trying to be an opportunist she was just pissed exactly
0: no absolutely absolutely And, and that was her fallback and then Marcus gives us another dark side of ambition which is different from both of them he is petty underhanded and backstabbing which I don't like any of those but it was just another interesting way of like how does someone react when when they are clearly a very ambitious person and and an obstacle or what they perceive as an opponent comes into their to their orbit what do they do and marcus was petty and jealous the whole time and then as soon as he sees on that opportunity and can we just talk about that the reveal of how he found out that she was going for that interview in la was so brilliant i don't know why i didn't see it coming that the she Ava goes back to her apartment that that marcus has rented out for her and she the tenant of that apartment is like yeah. what the hell are you doing and it goes on for so long that you forget he's on the phone and then he says wait did I just hear her say she needed shoes for an interview yes. and he's like mm. and he goes and tells her and she's not having it just as I wouldn't either I'd be like I don't do this petty bullshit I don't want to hear about it you're just jealous stop it and he doesn't stop there. He then goes around her and tells Jimmy and Caitlin and has them cause the trouble for her, for him. And I was like, oh, that's devastating. But, but can we just spend a minute talking about how much we love Marcus? I mean, that character was so great, so good. He, the scene where he's like running through the sprinklers, he's drinking. Oh my God. The love yes, story, has- the whole love story between him and the water guy, is just so guy. sweet
1: and unexpected. When they're like talking, and he sees him wearing like the double puka shells, yes. and like teasing, like it was, yeah, was sweet teasing te- him, te- mm-hmm. it was so cute. Yeah,
0: and then when it starts to get serious, and he literally goes to the valet, which is also, of course, punched up with humor that the valet has to run at a full sprint to get his car. Because that's what L.A. valleys are like. Right. It's so good. And he's going to leave him there. He really feels like he needs yeah. to run from this moment. You can tell he's commitment phobic just from knowing Clearly. he has no. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. He's more focused on his career and he uses that as protection. And he is literally going to run from this guy who just asked him to go on a great vacation that he wants to Trip. go on. And yeah, yeah, it's such a sweet big next step in their relationship and it seems one they were both wanted and then he's like has a moment where he freaks out and he goes to get his car and then tells the valet to put it back and he goes put in it and back.
1: He- Oh, I also it, love when he shares how he came to work for Deborah mm-hmm. and how it turns out he's just been like a giant fan since he was 17. Yes. He's like, that should have been the first time I was gay. But yeah. Anyway. Uh-huh. Um, and then, yeah, that's when he was like, yeah, that are the puka shells. Yeah. Um, but, and, and then you hear, though, like how she took a chance on him. And mm-hmm. then that explains just in that one line so much – about his loyalty to her too and
0: when he came to her and was like started in on his whole you know you've been terrible to me and she was like stop right there I have been I'm sorry I took it for granted and you get a promotion and a raise and let's keep going and it
1: I thought yeah. it was so sweet. It was. They're all, it's all, all of, this is why this is so good. Oh like my gosh, right, because it's so all layered. The relationships mm-hmm. are complex and layered. There's oh my not, gosh. Which is how real life relationships are. Even, I know, sort of goes with your ambition point, but how about Marty? Marty. And, yes. and her. I mean, we got to talk, talk about a complex, layered Interesting relationship where at times I'm I didn't know how to feel about mm-hmm. them, but he is clearly <laughs> your more typical portrayal of ambitious, right? The guy running the the yeah. hotel. Listen, I he's bottom line. Yes, he, he clearly has a great relationship with her, but at the end of the day, he's going to do what the fuck's going to make him the most money, and, right? Right, you know, yeah. And so, in that sense, he would be your stereotypical ag- aggressive, ambitious man, but their relationship Mm. is very human and very tender and you yeah yes you do believe i did at least like that he has a tremendous amount of respect for her yes i mean they do feel like equals to me even though he does of course at the end of the day have the power she um you know to to cut her shows but I, i felt like he viewed her as an equal or sort of a worthy foe you know mm-hmm. the way she's always getting him back and yeah blackmailing him or doing what she's got to do and then you see too that they have real feelings for each other mm-hmm. more so than he's had for his ex-wife or the younger yeah. girlfriend so, or mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. and they are they make each other laugh which you know how important that is to her from what she said about her own husband yes and it's it's the closest thing in a way she has to you know a relationship Part, mm-hmm. even though it's fucked up too yeah yeah <laughs> because so it was they they were so interesting to me but when they were on screen together i just loved it i, they were I like know dynamic and fiery yes and, definitely yeah. a chemistry but i wasn't sure
0: i you know when when he first when so he comes to dj's party a birthday party and mm-hmm. then you can tell it's going to go intimate and i'm like oh is he going to really fuck her over? And he did. But he con- did. yeah, he did. But I don't know. It didn't feel as sinister as I was afraid it might be. I he, he did very clearly like this happened. I was always coming to to let you know right. that I'm canceling your shows. Period. I did not sleep with you to soften the blow or make this easier for any of us I that just happened that was real you know it is still dickish in that he's acting like there are separate compartments for personal and professional like I was always gonna fire you but but then I got caught up in this you know romance of it and Mm -hmm. and humans don't work that way but but it did seem genuine that they were separate that he wasn't doing it just to do that yeah
1: yeah, like if you just repeat the facts, like, oh, he slept with her, and then the next day he basically right. fired her. Like, what a fucking asshole. Yeah. But, but when you watch the scene, mm. and you're right, you see here his explanation, it feels genuine, and yeah. that's a credit to the writing, to the, the two of them together and their chemistry. and yeah. I don't know. There I know. So, so are you rooting for them, them in season two? I'm kind of rooting I, for them, but that's why I wanted to ask you. I'm like, is this wrong? Should yeah. I be like, <laughs> <laughs> should I be outraged because he kind of does do dicky things yeah but I mean but, she but did
0: I, do a dicky thing I mean I yes. I brushed it over much easier when she blackmailed him but I was like did she really need to fucking do that she was an asshole to him too
1: I, that's what I mean I think there were you find them to be worthy opponents where yes. no one feels like they alternate between being the asshole or aggressor yeah and and then moments of tenderness and funniness and respect so that's why i think it's so well drawn yeah there's that great exchange at the end when
0: he's like he comes into the theater and he's like you're doing new material and she's like you don't worry about content you're you know to get out of here she's like the last time i checked it's my theater on saturday and he's like okay and he starts to leave and he's like and deborah it's my theater and she's like fuck off It's yeah,
1: exactly. Get the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love them. Yeah. I don't know. So nope. yes, I I will take away my reservation. I'm rooting, yeah. rooting for more of them. How about that? I yeah. want to see them I- more on screen. I love the scenes when they're together. So I will take whatever, more of that goes. I
0: will take more of them. I also hope they grow a little bit more together.
1: I definitely want to see more of them. Yes. Yeah, so it has been picked up for season two, which is why we have no Crystal Balls. That's right. We yeah. are going to uh presumably see them on the road yes that's right they've g- uh, they have shows. given us a
0: little bit of a crystal ball mm-hmm. in that they're gonna go on the road but also you know deborah lives in this mansion and she has a whole life and she's going to want to come back to it she's not going to be on the road i think the way mm-hmm. maybe a typical startup uh, comedian would be she's got someplace right. really great to come back to in between and she might take breaks. So so that's how they're going to still weave in all of, you know, Kiki and and all of the the other Vegas. players, the yeah. the Vegas players that we've that we love, the supporting characters well, in the show.
1: And we'll have to see how the that scene on the airplane how that plays out. Oh boy,
0: um, I know. I don't feel yeah. like I feel like they're going to come back to us later. They're going to let us they're going to let that hang over us for a while, don't you think? Yes,
1: I do. We want to let you know we've launched a Patreon page where supporters can receive perks like bonus episodes and exclusive content.
0: Because Pop Fiction Women is our passion project, a place where we give women space to show up and offer in-depth analysis in the ways we're used to hearing about male creators
1: and their characters. We delve into creativity and psychology with a dash of astrology and we have so much fun doing it. Just two friends breaking down books, movies, and shows like Normal People, Fleabag, and I May Destroy You. Every single aspect of this podcast we do ourselves from the preparation
0: to the recording, from the editing to the social media promotion. So we're adding a Patreon platform because we want to keep making the show you love and hopefully expand it even further.
1: So please consider becoming one of our most complicated fans and contributing on Patreon.
0: To learn more, go to patreon.com forward slash Women. This has been Pop Fiction Women with Corinne and Kate. If you enjoyed the show, please tell the complicated women in your life. And the men who love them. Yes, tell them to listen. And then to follow on Spotify or review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And of course, share
1: on social media. Tag us with your favorite books, TV shows, and movies starring complicated women on Facebook and Instagram at Pop popfictionwomen or on Twitter at pop underscore women.
0: For more coverage of the women you love or to find out if you qualify as a complicated woman, go to popfictionwomen.com
1: and keep it complicated.